Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly life transitions podcast, where we share the stories and experiences of professionals that help families create a new path for themselves. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about transitioning your life through relationship separation, starting a new career, having babies, and many other life transitions. Find out more at mycleanbreak.ca. Here are your hosts, Darren and Tina. Welcome back again, everyone. Darren Javag here. Clean Break, the podcast is what we're talking about today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And I think we're, we're going to have a, an exciting show. We have somebody, a, a lady that I, I always enjoy having conversations with, Wendy Emilton from Exit Realty in Kempville. She's joining us on, on the show today. And our topic is going to be about buying rental property for your uh, soon-to-be adult children who are going off to university. They're just on the cusp of. <laughs> just on the cusp of being adults, right? Full adults. Okay. So, Wendy, thank you for joining us. Pleasure to have you thank here. Thank you for having me. Right. So, why don't we give everyone a little bit of background on who is Wendy Hamilton? I'm with Exit Realty. We've got a great team of agents. We deal with commercial and residential properties within the Eastern Ontario area, um, wide area. Okay. That's basically it. How many agents do you have working for you? Seven. Okay. And uh, what, where do you, where do you predominantly focus on? Mostly in North Grenville and Ottawa regions. Okay. Uh, Leeds and Grenville and Ottawa. And does everybody have their own skill set, specialty, or do you guys all? We do. And actually that's one awesome part about our team. We've got, uh, everybody's got, comes from a different background, different age bracket, um, different cultures, but they all have the same theme on the client comes first. So right. it's really, it's nice having that um, focus in the office, but at the same time, we've got an agent that will work with everybody. Okay. Okay. So relationships important, I hope. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we're coming off a pretty significant shift in the real estate market in the last couple of years. It's it, what people think that it hit really hard, really fast, but it didn't, it was really slow coming. And mm-hmm. you saw the progression over since probably around 2015, 2016 mm-hmm. coming in and, and really hitting other city centers more so than it did the Ottawa marketplace until 2019. Okay. And, you know, I hear, I hear different topics from or different things from different people. Right. But overall, how much is the real estate market up in the last, say, 24 months and say like right now we're in 20, end of 2021. Uh, and, you know, since 2019, how much do you like how much has it gone up by? There has been a significant increase. What I always refer back to is the 20 year graph. And on the 20 year graph, you can clearly see that we're not far off where we should be. Okay. But there's always peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. It's like investment on anything and you can verify that. <laughs> um, but there's always peaks and valleys and we're just at a we're at a strong peak right now. OK, what what is an ex, like from an expectation standpoint if somebody is buying a property or whether they're living in it for their own means or if they're going to rent it out? What should they be expecting? Because, I mean, I just don't think it's realistic to expect a 20 or 30 or 40% return on your property. I always say you buy for what you want right now Mm -hmm. and you sell for whatever you You get in the future. Exactly. (laughs) But if you're looking at, you know, the market today and saying, oh, well, this house sold in 2018 for 300,000. I'm buying it for 600. So next, you know, three years from now, it's going to be. 900, that's not necessarily the case. So right. you have to you have to be realistic and expect between two and 5% a year. 
two and five percent. Okay. For your now some areas have come up and 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 there's been shifting because of COVID, people working from home and remotely. Yes. So I think that has helped a lot of areas that were, you know, struggling that with may not have seen the same increase as the city centers for sure. Right. I know a lot of the rural areas outside of Toronto and outside of even Ottawa have experienced massive growth. But when compared to let's say Ottawa, they're more or less come on par with Ottawa rather than, and they've seen more growth than Ottawa per se. Was that fair? It, it depends. Okay. All right. <laughs> There's also, you know, you say rural property or rural communities, but not all rural communities are created equally. Mm. So when you're looking at people that are saying, oh, I'm working from home and I'm going to be doing so over the next three to five years, they're needing to have those services at home. And so they're, people are being a little bit more selective about what they're investing in. It's not just their their residents anymore. It's a lifestyle. And that's really, I think, what when people are coming out of the city or going into the more rural communities, they're looking for the lifestyle, not just the house. That's a very fair statement. So today's topic is buying rental, buying a rental property for your, let's say, late teenage uh, kids who are planning to go to university, right? That, Post-secondary education. That's right. And as we discussed the other day, I can imagine that that's a scary thought right now for a lot of parents, especially, I mean, I've got a 17 year old and nobody can walk through his room. <laughs> I mean, he's a great cook and he does everything I ask him to do, but not clean his room. So the idea of, you know, if he was going off to, you know, uh, Lakehead university next summer or next fall, I would be apprehensive about putting him in charge of a house and tenants and, and maintenance and whatnot, right? It's, right? It really depends. But at the same time, there are ways of doing it. Okay. So let's get into that a little bit more. Um, you want to talk the money first or the setup first? Well, let's, you know, <laughs> let's just, let's, yeah, let's set the stage for like the first things that people should be thinking about if they're even considering doing this. So where would you start? Um, what I'm looking at primarily is the investment, the cost the cost the okay. cost and i hate waste so when i think about the idea and i'm going to use that example again if my son was going to lakehead and the tuition or the housing student housing for him for a year would be roughly around 12,000 and up okay yeah. right fair um then after five four or five years that money's gone and it's either a loan or it's coming out of my investments or whatever the case might be and there's no recovery for that yes he's getting a great education right but we're starting behind the scenes, right? So if he was not having that money wasn't going out the same way, mm -hmm. then there's that advantage of having an investment of sorts. Okay. Okay. And uh, okay. So the first, so right now let's, uh, I'll assume I'm a parent and I'm thinking about this and I've decided, you know what, I don't want to throw uh, any money out the door. I'd rather build it up uh, for myself or maybe my children, right. To own a property. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So I decided I want to do this. Where would I like? Where would I start with that? Would I start? First of all, you get a good real estate agent in the community. Okay, that's that, okay. That's that's good in the, in the community. In so the community, in the area. Right. yes. So right. if you're looking in any other city, you wouldn't use my services. You'd ask me for a referral, perhaps, okay. but you would not use my services to go up into that area because first of all, agents always have great referrals when it comes to trades and and services and whatnot in a community. They mm -hmm. know the areas really well inside out. You want to have the peace of mind knowing you're making the right decision and you've got the people around you. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's And that connection good. in town. Good. All right. What about, uh, let's talk about location. How important is it? You want the services. Okay. 
Um, you want to make sure that it's in an area that is safe, obviously, for right. student housing. <laughs> there are some that are the, not. What do you mean? You want to put your kids in the ghetto? <laughs> well, it depends. You know, it depends on how many life lessons you want them to learn over the. <laughs> Good point. That's a different. That's, that'll be a different show. Yes, okay. absolutely. And I'm not qualified for, so find somebody else. <laughs> um, service city services are always, a, you know, your best bet because they're usually easier to maintain and, and structurally mm-hmm. better. Public transit. Public transport, yes, and you know, just general location accessible to you know city town centers or whatever where the shopping and what have you are. Okay. What about rental of the property? So because it's going to be a student rental, do you assume? that your child is just going to go and find other tenants to live in the property? Well, see, this is one of the nice things about social media Mm. and our world today. So 20 years ago, you, you know, you'd be dropping your children off into a community that you knew nothing about. Now we have full access to get really into the nitty gritty. And you can either, you can focus on just students. You can Mm -hmm. focus on, you know, whatever you feel more confident or comfortable with, but with social media, you just, you rely heavily on those communications. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing student housing, I always suggest that you get those leases signed by the parents, not the students themselves. Good point. Good Make point. sure the parents are the ones that are making signing the lease and responsible and, and having a lease in hand and knowing that those students probably won't be staying in the, in the community for the four months or whatever summer semester mm-hmm. is, right? They could or they could not. Make sure that you're taking that into consideration. Okay. And okay. a long-term lease is also another bonus with an exit clause. What What is an, a long-term lease? If you're looking at having the first year, um, you might have all four first-year students in there. You'd want them committed for the whole four years. Four years. Three okay. to four years, okay. right? Uh, with your you having an exit clause. Okay. <laughs> you get the exit clause. They don't. You get the exit clause, exactly. Okay. So that, that, no, that's, that's good information because, I mean, obviously you can't get blood from a stone. So if you're trying to get it out of the students, I mean, they have nothing to fall back on, which then, you know, like then leads into another question is uh, what about background checking? Do you still, do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And how would you like, is there any methods that you would recommend to an investor to do background checking on on tenants? Oh yeah. You can do a criminal reference check. It's easy to do. Uh, I think it costs like 25 or $40 or something to that effect. You can do credit checks as well. Okay. And are there other services for that? Like companies that do all like background checks for people? You just, you go, yeah, you can do Equifax or TransUnion. You can have the students get themselves, do do it themselves for the $25 online. And then this way you're not hitting their credit or you can do it as well. And all the applications are on the Equifax or the TransUnion pages or, uh, and then you've got your, your criminal mm-hmm. reference check that you can do simply or that they can provide you. Okay. Okay. Now, what about, um, what about setting, you know, uh, setting the rent, you know, like how would you recommend somebody do that? Like they're, you know, they got a mortgage they got a bunch of other costs. Well, the other cost is one of the things to factor in. Okay. And this is one of the things that I'm, I tell all of my investor clients, whether they're at student housing or not, um, if you've got a communal, like a, you know, communal living space and one heating system, put a Wi-Fi thermostat in. Okay. And this way, whether you're six hours away or across the world, you can access and you can control the temperature and know whether there's a problem <laughs> with the furnace. Because, you know, I don't know about anybody else. Again, with my 17-year-old, he'll walk around in his boxers and say he's cold <laughs> and okay. jack the heat. That's not happening. Right. So right. you want to make sure that you have some control. You can also, if it's got a sub pump, for instance, you can get a Wi-Fi alarm for that too. Mm-hmm. So you've got control over 
certain aspects of the costs, right? Um, would you put would you put cameras on the outside? I mean, you really don't want to be putting them in the inside of the building. <laughs> you know, that is a personal choice. I'm I cannot advise. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with you. But at least the doorbell camera would kind of like you can you see do that. a train of people coming through the property door. Well, especially if it records and then your child is calling and saying they don't have any money and you know that they've ordered pizza or takeout or Uber Eats, you know, getting coffee from Tim Hortons on Uber Eats 15 times that week. You can have, you know, some conversations that way about, like that. you know, being a little bit more frugal. I like that. That's good. So co understanding costs is really important. And, and, and yes. do you normally recommend, so, you know, there's obviously skin in the game, right? When you buy a rental property. 20% down minimum. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So 20% down, but then there's also other costs to, to take into consideration. Closing right? costs and what have you. Yes. Taxes. Um, yes. Um, what else? Appraisals, all that stuff. Is that, that's born by the, the, the buyer? Yes. Or, okay. So, integrated into the mortgage for the most part, right? The appraisal and whatnot. The taxes, you can have them where you're paying them monthly on your mortgage so you're not hit up once a year when you're paying your primary residence taxes. Um, what about utilities? Utilities. And again, that's a, it really depends on the setup and the situation at hand and what you can get in different city centers. You're going to see different value for rent that you can charge mm -hmm. tenants, right? Mm -hmm. You can't charge a student two grand a, a month. That's not, not going to fly, but you can charge them maybe seven fifty, and you've got four students in there. Now you got enough money you know? to cover everything. Yeah. Right. And the idea is to cover everything <clears throat> to the point where you're not, you're not paying out of pocket mm -hmm. and yet, you're not, you're creating some sort of a slush fund, but you're not expecting that either. Right. You, you know, there is a certain element of maintenance and whatnot that you're going to have to be responsible for. What's a comfortable buffer, do you think, percentage wise? Like if you're bringing in, let's say two grand, uh, let's say you're bringing in uh, your costs are two grand. How much over and above that two grand would you think is a, is a reasonable amount that somebody should think about having as a uh, buffer? I'd say at least 30%, 20, 20 to 30%. So if it's costing you 2000, people should at least be bringing in uh, 20, what, 25, 26. Yeah. And like just, you know, taking everything into consideration, though, anywhere in Ontario, you're going to have a hard time getting a mortgage for 2000. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just using rough numbers, yes. right? But yeah. I mean, and I think that's part of my, my concern about the current environment is like you just nailed it, which is the value that the property values make it are making it uh, very difficult to you know make the investment viable right where you're not underwater every month and i always say i don't have a crystal ball i can't tell you what the market is going to look like in three or four years mm -hmm. right we know it's not going to drop and plummet by any stretch your investment is still going to be there mm -hmm. but in three four to five years is it still going to be is it going to increase enough to be able to get your money back and the costs of those four to five years Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a danger that people have to be aware of because I think just putting the minimum of 20% down on the property might not make you might, might not make you solvable. Uh, like, like um, uh, you might not, sorry, you might not have net a positive cash flow no. from the property, which is another danger. Right. Um, and then there's the end game. The other consideration at the beginning is to know what your end game is. Okay. Right. Right. That's a good point. What's so, your ownership look like? Mm -hmm. Is your is your child going to be, or if they're over 18, are they going to be on title? Are you going to put them, which reduces the cost for the first time home buyer situation and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about that. So what, what would the, the benefits be of putting your kids on title? 
One, it helps them with their credit rating. Okay. It starts building up that. Mm -hmm. um, two, responsibility. If it's theirs, they might be a little bit more responsible. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, and it's, again, the end game. So right. after those four years, there's a lot of children that never come home. True. You know, they've. I they've, didn't go home. Like I came from Toronto and I'm here in the Ottawa area and I just yeah. I finished school and I never went back. Exactly. So, and my, I've got one up in London. He's not going. He's got a girlfriend up there and my grandbabies will be up there. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, they're not, they, they create their adult life. They become who they are during those years, you know, formative years in university or post secondary, whatever that looks like. And so, you know, at the end of five years, now to, do you sell the house? Do you hand it over? Do they buy? Do you have a vendor take back with your child so that they, they can pay you back your, your initial investment and get ownership over the course of three to five years? How is that going to work? And how is it going to affect you personally? Is it a capital gain situation? Is it, you know, all of those things, all those factors and questions are really in individual like that right. really comes down to the individual. It's So you mentioned one thing about ownership, right? And I think there's a misconception out there sometimes about people about how, like owning a, a real estate property because there is two different types of ownership that you can place on the property. I'm not a lawyer, so I tell people always talk to a lawyer, lawyer about these things. But I do know that there's joint, uh, joint tenancy and then there is uh, tenants in common, right? So uh, from my understanding, the tenants in common is, I always think about it as common people that you would own the property with. So obviously, if one of you dies, you wouldn't automatically assume 100% uh, of the property's value yourself because your common person died. That part of the value of the property would go to that person's estate, right? That's tenants in common. So joint tenancy, however, is, is typical of like married couples, right? Where one person passes away and the other person inherits the other person's Takes ownership. Per, uh, percentage of the property. So um, yeah, you'd have to talk, you know, to your kids about that. Like, you know, I mean, obviously a parent would probably want joint tenancy, right? To say, well, if my something happens to my son, I want that property. And if something happens to me, do you want the property to go 100% to your child? And again, this is a very individual set up you know right. the parent parents age right. their, their their family situation if they've got a common law or they're remarried or you know we don't know what their financial situation is or what you know what they need or what have you so it's really it this is a you conversation well yeah this, <laughs> i help find the property and say this is a great idea you you help them set it up and then we get the lawyer involved to make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing i love these conversations <laughs> these are i always i always find these are out of the box conversations right because they're not your atypical kind of building wealth you know investments insurance stuff this is stuff that you know you're kind of on the fringe because it's not it doesn't it's not applicable to the masses it's applicable to unique situations absolutely and people, right yeah. um so okay so we talked about that uh so what are the what are what are some of the pitfalls that that parents should be thinking about? We talked about quite a few, quite a few of them. But are there some other things you should, you would ask them to think about when they're going into this? It really, I mean, obviously the financial it's the biggest the financial investment and how it might affect their debt service ratio or whatnot, what their life plans are at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, now your youngest is leaving. You've got an empty nest. You're looking at downsizing, um, but now your debt service ratio is not going to allow you to get a new mortgage. Right. Because the house you're selling is, well, you know, whatever mm -hmm. the case might be. Um, the responsibility factor, you know, is this, you're going up to, the, you've got a student that's going six, eight hours away. 
and then there's an emergency and you, you know, the emotional factor of not having access, not being able to just run over down the street and say, okay, turn, this is how you turn off the main water ball. Right. Right. Things like that. You know, so would you recommend parents spend a little bit of time on the property with the, Oh, always. Yes. Teaching them. Yep. The, the wisdom of home ownership. Absolutely. <laughs> I made Jagger come down into the basement with me the other day so I could walk him through how to turn off the main power and the water and everything else. And he was not happy about that because we have a very, we have a crawl space and <laughs> it's a <laughs> little a tight lad. for him. It's a little a tight lad. for him. Yeah. And there's spiders down there. So ah. he's not particularly fond of those either. So I had to do a little protection and what have you. But he, uh, I said, if you want to be left alone, if you know, I'm going away for a weekend, not have to be shipped off to a friend's house, then you need to know how to look after the house when I'm not here. Absolutely. Right? You know, great, a great story that, that just reminded me of something a couple of weeks back. Um, I was just leaving the office. I was finishing work. And I, I, who was I? I was on the phone with a client actually on the way home, just figured I'd get one more call in by the end of the day. So I'm driving home. And while I'm on the call, my phone is blowing up. Like I like my wife called me multiple times because I went, I just, I said, okay, well, I'm going to be home in a minute. So I'm just going to ignore that, you know, first I'll talk to her in a few minutes. She calls back and then she calls back and it like five phone calls. And I'm like, what is going on? Then I get a phone call from the alarm company that the smoke alarm is going off. So now I got three calls on, on three ways and I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> driving. <laughs> driving. And I'm like, driving home, right? so I'm literally hanging up on people. And I'm like, okay, the most important one right now is the alarm company. And I get on with them and they said, smoke alarm in your kitchen. Do you want us to send in, a, you know, the fire department? Unfortunately, um, by the time I talked to them, because they called me a second time, they'd already called the fire department, right? So I'm rolling up in my driveway. Fire department's coming up on my backside. And our fire department's pretty speedy. I, I'm five minutes away <laughs> from the fire department, right? So yeah. they were right behind me pretty much. I walk up and, and obviously there's a little, I mean, there was a little bit of smoke, but she was cooking and set off the alarm. This leads into your conversation. What you're just saying is that I had a I had a family meeting to explain how the alarm system works, what the what the word is that you have to use, the number you got to plug into the thing to turn it off. Right, one of my kids actually remembered, digested it. Yeah, so he got <laughs> to it, but after it went through two other people in the household. Yeah, and so I guess my point on all of this is is you know people don't realize how much they need to know until they need to know it that's right so properties like this because most of the time you're you know hours away from it um i think that's a big conversation to have with your child is and i don't mean to call them child but they're adult children right is is are they responsible and willing they're to, still your child <laughs> absolutely yeah they're still your child but when you, people say children they yeah. think little children right yeah but your adult children are they responsible i think that's one of the big things is are they responsible enough to assume the responsibility of managing that house because and in the end it is it's a it's an investment for you as an investor mm -hmm. uh and it's a huge commitment because of your credit rating because of, of your net worth, because it could formulate a big piece. So are you going to give that away as a gift? Are you yeah. going to, you know, sell it later on and then refinance it or use it somehow with in, in your retirement plan? These are all questions you have to walk, like talk through. Right? Absolutely. So, um, so right. that's where things like, like I said, with the Wi-Fi T stats and even simple things like putting in uh, a human stat, a human control fans in the bathrooms. To make right. sure that you're not getting mold built up and what have you, mm -hmm. you know, having a furnace plan with a reputable company in the area that does the cleaning and changes the filters at least once a year, <laughs> you 
you know, I like that. I like that. You said that like you, you can get, um, you can have contracts with different organizations that will help manage that property for you. Even the snow removal and and grass cutting or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe grass cutting is a little excessive. Anybody could, they can push a lawnmower, but the snow removal is maybe a good idea, especially depending on the structure of the house. If you have to worry about snow buildup and damming and and flooding or infiltration into the foundation. So do you have a preference? Like if someone's going to do this, would you have a preference for the type of property, like single family home, townhome, condo? What do you think? Is there something that you think kind of um, is preferred as the type of investment property, you think? Um, the only reason I would, the only positive I can see on a condo is the fact that you're not responsible for the exterior of the building mm-hmm. and that there's also, uh, you know, usually other neighbors who are board members and have ownership, tell you if they'll, they'll make sure that, you know, the garbage is picked up and that, you know, things are looked after. Right. right? That's a good point. Um, but as far as it, again, it really depends on the community. It depends on the market. It depends on. You know, how many rooms, what the investment is, what the, the return could be. How active the investor wants to be on the property. Yeah. Right. Like there's so many variables. And that's mm-hmm. why I keep saying it's a really individual. Right. Really individual. So I think people should just come and talk to you. What there do you think? You go. Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> well, you <laughs> I <know>, can talk. <laughs> you know, this whole show is about transitions. And I think this is a huge transition. It's a transition for, you know, the adult children who are going to university. They have a lot on their mind. They got to go to school, be be get be scholarly get good grades uh parents are trying to help but you know i love the idea that you can invest you know you can invest in a way whereby some of the costs associated with education are going to be recovered and and help build that next step yeah for them for them because or which is a huge conversation right now with affordability on housing for absolutely you know i've got a 21 year old he's in his final year at carlton and by the time he's done he he just he won't even talk to me about real estate. He just yeah, makes Wendy. me really gets really mad. See, now you're making me think about buying a rental property because my youngest son is going away to Kingston and he's probably going to be going to college. Well, wow, hey, university. I got an agent for and that. And now I'm going to buy a buy Give Colin something. a call. He'll be happy to walk you yeah, through. You just convinced me to do this. <laughs> uh, I'm supposed to be the planner here. What's going on? There you go. Okay, well, this is great. Um, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can call the exit office at 613-215-0825. You can stop by at 310 Prescott Street or reach us online at info at exitrealtybydesign.com. Oh, sounds like you practiced that a few times. I Actually, like no, I just spinned it <laughs> off and I'm surprised. It must be these five hours I've been awake running this morning already that I was able to not slip and slitter. Well, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, you know, we'll put a pin in it for there uh, at that point. But I encourage everybody, if you're looking at either rental properties or uh, just buying a house in general, uh, Wendy is a great resource. Uh, she'll talk you, you through it. She won't sell you. And it's not a transaction. It's actually a relationship. So uh, check out Wendy on the uh, mycleanbreak.ca webpage. She's also on other episodes of Clean Break the Podcast. And until next time, everyone, take care of yourself. Take care of the people around you, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on life transitions. You can find more topics like today's and other great advice from life transition professionals at mycleanbreak.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. MyCleanBreak.ca has clear and simple advice from trusted local professionals to help you get to the other side of any transition.